Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Time now for the College Football Inquirer with Dan Wetzel. Play as hard as the, as the insult at the midnight yell. Stand tall and proud as your fake army. Go as fast as your speeding Lamborghinis in a parking garage. SI's Russ Dillinger. This old man is just grabbing a hold of you know what, and he's got it, and he it's like somebody has got glue on the palm, and he has got it. And SI's Pat Forty. Yeah, no, you can't do that. Come on. You cannot send signals through the booty. Uh, about where to move the chest bases. Here's Pat, Russ, and Dan. All right, welcome to the pod. Race for the case, week three. Uh, and we welcome Ross back to the show. Ross Dillinger is back with us. So we'll get your picks and all of that. I did want to get to a little news before we get to our picks. We also, there's too much backlog on people's court. The world needs our rulings. <laughs> We are in demand as a judicial body. <laughs> as a judicial no body. Doubt about it. We, we are not like the Supreme Court that just, well, will we take this case? Actually, we are. Will we take this case or not? <laughs> <laughs> this needs to be the rocket docket. We have to get the world is like, what should we think of this issue? Yeah. Yeah. So we'll get to that after. So stick around. The picks may suck, but our yeah. rulings are gold. The gold standard. Yeah. We, we are batting a much higher winning percentage on on rulings than picks. <laughs> yes, definitely. Let us start with this, though. Not a real surprise to anyone who's listened to us on this, but it appears, and Ross, I'll let you handle most of this, that there, the um, powers that be that wanted to get rid of the NCAA uh, are now saying, yeah, that doesn't make any sense because we would just have to create a new NCAA. And so um, the likelihood of the true death of the NCA, while certainly a good talking point and applause line, is uh, is unlikely to occur because it, it's um, nonsensical. Uh, so I think that came out of a a summit, AD summit up in D.C. Uh, Ross, what uh, what do you know about it? Yeah, the last couple of days, it's kind of an annual thing uh, up here in D.C., about a mile and a half from my house in downtown D.C. Uh, about 100 ADs gather, a part of lead one, which is kind of the association that all the FBS ADs or most of the FBS ADs are a part of, kind of a membership group. and um, Political action committee, isn't it? Yeah. And they, uh, yeah. Tom McMillan does not like that phrase. <laughs> tell you that. Well, they were, they were lobbying on Congress this week. Yeah. They were lobbying. Yeah. 
Yeah, I have, yeah. I have, yeah. I have sources, sources <laughs> yeah. in the government. Uh-huh. So I will get I, to them. But yeah, I used ahead. that phrase. I called them a pack in my in a story, and and heard from Tom about that. <laughs> so they gather and they take votes and they talk about the the future and the state of college athletics. And yes, they do lobby on Capitol Hill. In fact, several ads stayed over uh, today. Uh, they're still here in D.C. and they're meeting. And this morning, this afternoon with lawmakers, which is kind of normal, but especially nowadays, right, with NIL and, and uh, you know, it's funny because, uh, and we've talked about this before, I know, but for decades, the NCAA and college administrators have tried to keep out Congress. And now their oh, doors are open, the windows are open, and it's come on in, please help us. So uh, some of them have lingered around. But yesterday at Lead One was a bit, the big topic um, was FBS governance. And you saw a lot of momentum over the last year, a lot of it coming from a specific place, the Big Ten, wanting FBS to split uh, from the NCAA and, and, and be its own entity, its own body. There's been some reporting and buzz about the CFP taking over FBS football because of uh, the most powerful person, I think, in football disagreed with this theory, which is Greg Sankey. I never really thought it would happen or, or happen in the next few years. Um, and a lot of the SEC ADs feel the same way. Obviously, they're very, very powerful. And lo and behold, it's not happening. Uh, you know, the the I think everybody has kind of wised up in a way and realized if you split from the NCAA, you're going to have to start a new NCAA. And also, by the way, the NCAA, for the most part, are the schools and the administrators that are part of the schools. So they all gather meet and that's, you know, the NCAA. Um, so uh, I think they realized they kind of come to their senses and, and they voted. They, they had like three options on the table, let's say A, B and C. And A was, you know, uh, let's let's have a different streamlined, less bureaucratic FBS governing policymaking board within the NCAA, just FBS only. Option B was split from the NCAA and start a new FBS governance structure. And then C was try to do A and B's a backup plan. And unanimously, I've heard the ADs voted for C. So start with A, and, and I'm sure that's where it will go. I, I don't see that being a problem of them creating an FBS-only governing or policy board within the, the structure of the NCAA. Yeah, that, uh, I mean, I think we've said on the podcast for years that it doesn't really make sense to break away completely from the NCAA and is unlikely because... Yeah, you're just going to create a similar structure. Somebody's got to be the governance. None of the, the commissioners right now have got it the way they want it, right? They they make a lot of the most important decisions, but they leave all the bureaucratic crap to the NCAA. The NCAA is the generic bad guy, and the NCAA is the is the ineffective police force, which is exactly what they want. You know, somebody to 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 run championships and to enforce rules, but not enforce rules very well because they don't really want to go by the rules. And enforce rules that, like, you're going to have. Yeah, like right. you know, you're okay, going to have no matter what. You can't, you can't get a 0.0 on your transcript and remain, you know, I mean, just yeah. basic stuff. Who's running the transfer, who's operating the transfer portal, who's, whatever, there has to, someone's got to run the cross-country championships. The one thing the NCAA does, they do that stuff really well. Yep. And most of the people who work at the NCA are very competent at what they're doing. So, yeah, and 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 when you when you break it, you take on the headache. So when all of a sudden, you know, the weight room 
isn't as good at the women's Final Four as opposed to the men's Final Four, you can't trot out Mark Emmert to take the take the pinata shots. It's all yeah, of a sudden you. Don't have you. Him. Yeah, yeah. Right. and they're like, I mean, because things are just going to go wrong on occasion. And so it helps to just, you know, I guarantee you on that, that deal, no one ever sat there and said, hey, let's make sure the women's Final Four weight room sucks and the men's is good. <laughs> Nobody thought that didn't come up in a meeting. It just happened. And it was like, oh, man, we should have thought of that. But that's the that's very hard to do this. So, yeah, the NCAA is not going away. Again, that was a an applause line, I felt like, uh, more than more than anything else. Now, as for the lobbying, I do know that is happening. We have two members of uh, Congress that admit to listening to this podcast, <laughs> at least privately. One in the House and one in the Senate, and I was tipped off. And it is true, they were approached to meet. Our listeners rejected the meetings. <laughs> at least if you can trust what a politician says. So I'm not going to out them. I don't want to sway an election. We don't want to, you know, and it's bipartisan. We got one of each side. I don't know. There may be a third in the Senate or a second senator, which scares me that one fiftieth of the United States Senate could be listening <laughs> to, to this, this nonsense. Please do something more valuable with your time. Yeah. Yes. Like, wait, what? Like, it's really boring in these meetings. Like, I'm like, is that what you guys are listening to? Holy crap. Anyway, but we do have Republican Senator Roger Wicker from Mississippi is reintroducing a uh, NIL Bill apparently is what he says. Ross, you, you you did you talk to the esteemed senator from Mississippi? No, no. It's it's a uh, there's certain senator. Well, most senators are pretty hard to actually get on the phone. But uh, I not uh, our listeners. <laughs> I did get a statement. Yeah, uh, it's just kind of expected. You know, all the bills that were introduced, all the NIL bills that were introduced a couple years ago in Congress are just being reintroduced now with a new Congress and, and whatever coming. So Roger Wicker introduced a bill in 2020, December 2020. And so this one's fairly similar. It's got a lot of the same characteristics. Look, it's it's the Republican version of the Booker Blumenthal bill, NIL bill. You know, we talked about it, I know, before, but the Democrats and Republicans can't agree on NIL, shockingly. Uh, you know, one side wants a really narrow, just NIL-focused, NCAA-friendly bill, that's the Republicans and the Democrats want a broad bill that encompasses a lot of things and is not at all NCA friendly. And we've seen Roger Wicker's bill very NCA friendly. I'll, I'll note one thing and then I'll stop talking about it because I think people don't care as much. But because um, I don't know that this, this bill is going to go anywhere like the other nine that have been introduced and I'm not going anywhere. But it's interesting at Rog Roger Wicker's bill because obviously the administrators in the NCA have have gotten to, to him and his staff because there are antitrust protections for in two ways in the bill. One is it prevents retroactive NIL. And the other, it, it says that athletes cannot be deemed employees. Guess what? The two cases the NCA is fighting right now, the two big court cases are for retroactive NIL and for athletes being employees. Shocker. Right, right. <laughs> All right. Yeah. That that concludes Washington Minute. Here on the <laughs> or what are they? Crossfire or something. C-SPAN right here, C -span. baby. C-SPAN. All right. Yeah. Let's pick some games. Let's pick okay. some games. And let's try to get We're some We're getting right. better, right? We did a little bit better this no, last week? No, I, I went two and four. <laughs> My three, Michigan I I like plus one 50. I mean, Michigan minus 50 and a half blew up on a defensive hold late in the fourth quarter. <laughs> 
See? And then led this Hawaii is- to get a second chance to score, and I lost the. It's a bad beat. That's the problem with fifty. That- I knew this. You have to play a perfect game. They're on the. I mean, they played everybody. Michigan played oh, yeah. ninety six players <laughs> were in the game. There's only a hundred numbers. <laughs> I know they double up. They have double, yeah. but I mean, pretty much everyone played. Yeah. Almost had it. So I pick against me. Pick against. This me. is what. You say that's why 50s, betting 50 is a bad number. Betting is a bad idea. Dude. Well, I mean, yeah. like, we all had Baylor getting three and a half, right, against BYU. And then they proceeded to miss three field goals that could have decided the game one way or the other. Somebody makes a field goal, it's over, and BYU covers, but they go to OT and lose by six on a touchdown. Mm. So there you go. G- gambling's horrible. This that's is why gambling. I'm watching the fourth quarter of the Hawaii Michigan game. <laughs> Of, of a absolute trampoline. The worst game ever. Yeah, right. So let's get to it. Uh, Pat, we will start with you. Cal Bears visiting Notre Dame. Yep. Fighting Irish I- are 10 and a half point favorites in this game. Cal is 2-0. and Notre Dame 0-2. Drew Pine, backup QB with the start now that Tyler Buckner is out for the season. You buying the Irish now? No, not at 10 and a half. Absolutely not. I'll take the points there, especially with that hook at, at 10 plus. I, I don't think Cal's very good. I mean, they played UC Davis and UNLV. They won both games. They didn't win by a lot, but Cal can play some defense. Justin Wilcox is a very good defensive coach. What's Notre Dame's problem? Offensive disaster. And now your quarterback is hurt. Tyler Buckner is out. Drew Pine is in. Pine had a good moment in the second half last year against Wisconsin, helping lead Notre Dame, but that was a game they were probably going to win anyway because they were picking the ball off and returning it against Graham Mertz. So I don't think Drew Pine's a great quarterback. I don't think Notre Dame's offense is very good at all. If Cal can cover the tight ends, I don't know where Notre Dame turns for any weapons. So I think this is a a relatively close, low-scoring game, and Cal will cover the 10.5. Does... uh... Does Vegas know something that we don't? Often it does. Um, so, but that yeah. line just seems wild to me. As as shaky as a a Notre Dame start has been. I mean, I, I know they're at home and all that, but uh, gosh, it, it's it's almost like the line's just begging you, begging you to to uh, to pick the Bears to cover that one. And so, what will I do? I'll pick the Irish. Vegas has to know what they're talking about, right? So I'm going to say Notre Dame covers at home, comes out, you know, comes out strong after the two, after the, well, three losses in a row to start Marcus Freeman's career and and uh, and gets this one. Sean? I think I'm taking the Irish as well to cover here. I think the rest of the team rallies behind the backup quarterback. Sometimes teams rally when a, when a coach gets fired. So maybe in this instance – Marcus Freeman gets the guys fired up and they come out and they just stomp out Cal. So I'm taking Notre Dame to cover. This is a wild line and I'm now seeing it's 11. We'll take it at 10.5 because that's what we had on our thing. But it's now 11. (laughs) Notre Dame. So I'm taking Cal. Here's why. I think that we have very, we have no body of work on the on the coaching style of Marcus Freeman, but uh, he seems like an intelligent man. We're going to run the ball. If I'm Notre Dame, I am running the ball. They should have run the ball more against Marshall. I am going to use the 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 sizable line advantage. I think we, they can have. They should have had a Marshall. They can have against Cal a, a smaller one. 
run the ball. They don't have great wideouts. They're not taking deep shots. That's a lot of points if you're not going to have a, a big-time offense. I think they're going to grind this out. I think Notre Dame wins. I just don't. I can't give them double digits on this, especially as Pat said with that little hook, man. And if that thing gets to 11 or 12, I, I don't know. Anyway, that's my pick. So I will take Cal. Number 12, BYU. At number 25, Oregon. Oregon is the favorite, giving three and a half. Thoughts on this one? We'll start with you, Ross. Man, um, I, I, you know, if, if this game was at BYU, I feel like I'd, I'd have a, a different feeling. You know, the, the Cougars look really good against Baylor uh, in a wild game. But at Oregon in the line, the line is pretty tight there. I, I'll go with the Ducks to, to cover. I know they didn't look good. Uh, against Georgia, but but no one uh, often does. So, give me the Ducks. I don't I don't really really feel good about it. I know they got a little tune up for it last week. They played FCS team, didn't they? And they just kind of rolled Eastern Washington. Yeah, steamrolled a little bit. So uh, maybe they got some things figured out. Yeah, I'm I'm going with the Ducks here. Uh, for that reason, I th- I think they they needed a game to to get their feet back under them after just getting trucked at uh, Georgia. You know one. One thing you do get out of playing a high-quality team in the first game, you figure out what your deficiencies are and what you need to work on. Uh, they turned around and ran the ball extremely well. I know it was Eastern Washington, but still, uh, they they ran the ball up and down the field. And uh, BYU rush defense w- was not great against uh, Baylor. Like Baylor, I think if Baylor had stuck with the running game a little bit more, in the second half, they would have won that game. So I think that that you can you can run the ball against BYU. Oregon has the team to run it. They've got a very good offensive line. They've got some backs now stepping up. Uh, Bo Nix has some mobility as well. So I'm, I'm taking the Ducks here. Baylor might have put some hurting on BYU too. They just might be a little bit of a beaten up sore team coming into this game. So give me the Ducks. Sean? My pick might be a little archaic here because I can't get over that week one game versus Georgia that Oregon had. It, it They just did not look like a complete team by any means. So BYU last year pulled out a really, or last week rather, pulled out a really gritty win uh, versus Baylor. And recency effect, I guess, plays a little heavier with me. So I'm going to go with Baylor covering. A BYU. 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 I, the, the, Pat's bit about the wear and tear is a little of my concern. They went all the way to F- South Florida, BYU. Then they get Baylor. Now they get at Oregon. But I uh, swore to myself that I would not bet on Bo Nix again. And so the Bo Nix uh, corollary is in play here. I will take BYU. Huge game, by the way, for BYU. If they beat Oregon at Oregon, they then get Wyoming, Utah State. They play Notre Dame and we don't know what team that's going to be, but that's a much more winnable game than it looked. In Vegas, they get Arkansas to visit in the middle of October. Would be potentially a top 10 matchup. And then they yeah, finish with Liberty, be. East Carolina, at Boise, Utah Tech. Is that what that is? I don't know what that is. Something called Tech, UT Tech. Oh, uh, yeah, right. Yes, yes, yeah. New, 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 new like uh, FCS team. Wow. Did not know about this. A new team. Okay. Yeah, and then they changed Stanford. names or something. I, I can't remember. <laughs> were they I Delta State? Were they de- maybe they were were they Delta State? Even they might have like, been Dixie State. Dixie. Been Dixie. Oh, right. State. They got yeah. rid of because their their yeah. logo still has a D in it. So 
All right, we'll, we'll investigate and at Stanford. Anyway, like BYU's got this sneaky playoff resume laying there. Yeah, yeah. So I'm going to take BYU with this. I'll take the points. Uh, I am not betting on Bo Nix. I, just, <laughs> I can't do it. Sorry, Bo. I'm sure you're really <laughs> offended. All right. We've got uh, number 22, Penn State, heading to the Plains for the orange out at Auburn. Penn <laughs> State is giving three. Auburn, home dog. Yeah. I mean, Auburn as a home dog is very tempting, but I don't think this is a very good Auburn team. I'm going with Penn State. I liked what I saw out of them winning on the road against Purdue. Took a little bit of luck. Game was very much in doubt, but they won the game. And I think Purdue's pretty good. Come back and you beat Ohio. They've got a really impressive freshman running back, Nicholas Singleton. I mean, this guy, I think, is going to be a star. Uh, 10 carries, 179 yards against Ohio. I know it's Ohio, but you average 18 yards a carry. You got something going on there. Sean Clifford, you got a six-year quarterback taking you in on the road. You're fine with that. I think that they've just got better players uh, and a more solid program right now than Auburn, which is in st- constant state of flux. It's going to be loud. It's going to be orange, and it's going to be a Penn State win and cover. Yeah, I. Uh, it, gosh, it's hard to pick against. Because uh, isn't that a night game? Is that a night game? Yep. Like, it's afternoon, isn't it? I think it's three thirty. Oh, it's three thirty. Oh, it's three thirty. Oh no, three oh, thirty. Yeah, I'm sorry. Ah, uh, yeah, CBS game. Three thirty. My but bad. He, Either way, yeah, that that place is going to be rocking. Um, and it is so hard to pick against Auburn at home. It's such an electric environment. I think maybe we talked about this on the show or, or on our show at some point. I remember talking about how underrated an Auburn home game is. Uh, they're, 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 inc- they're incredible atmosphere. Like, it's awesome. And it's really hard to pick against <laughs> against them at home. But they just don't look good. And I, I don't have faith in, in Finley, the quarterback, and – they barely pulled it out against San Jose State. The offense just is really struggling. Um, so I'm I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go with the Nittany Lions to cover the three. Uh, I don't feel good about um, the road favorite in such a hostile, crazy environment and all that. But I just I have no faith in Auburn. Speaking of Auburn, let me get this in real quick. I was looking around the room at the ads at uh, lead one in low. In behold, across the room was a one Allen Green. Uh, who attended what? the lead one. Yeah, so former right. Auburn AD Alan Green, who was shown his papers, I guess, a couple of weeks ago. Um, so that was that was interesting. I I suspect that Alan will not be out of the industry long, uh, by the way. it, it uh, I think he's a very sought-after uh, administrator. But anyway, okay, moving on. Wow, well, there you go. Like it. Well, he's earning his money. Yeah. Earning his money, reporting to work. <laughs> Sean? Yeah, I'm going with uh, Penn State here. I think that I would have gone with Auburn had it been a 7 p.m. kickoff or 6.30 kickoff, but 3.30, it doesn't give me the big rocking Auburn Stadium vibes where they just go in and a night game upset a ranked opponent uh, like like we've seen uh, where they came really close versus Alabama last year uh, at night. So I'm sitting here like, okay, they're doing the orange out uh, to try to counteract Penn State's whole whiteout bit. They got a little bit of energy, but I think it needed to be a night game for them to get that full home field advantage. I'm going Penn State. Yeah, I have no fear of the uh, of the of the building. Um, <laughs> Penn State just it's a great it's a great facility, but they just beat uh, Purdue at night. That was rowdy, you know, rowdy as hell. And so, yeah, it's not as big of a stadium, but it was wild. And I think Purdue is good. I think Purdue probably is better than Auburn potentially. So I'm going to take Penn State for the win here and um, and go there. It's just uh, most of you guys made the points. 
Mississippi State at LSU. Two unranked teams with a very interesting kind of, what are we going to make of this season game in the SEC West? Mississippi State is giving two points. LSU, home dog. Don't see that too often, especially to Mississippi State. Uh, Ross? Bulldogs, got a cowbell for those who can't see it on video. Uh, uh, can hear it. Man, can hear it. Can hear it. Me and my wife, Mississippi State grads. Uh, man, this is another hard one because it's just like the Auburn, you know, it's at an SEC place with a great environment. And this one's at night in Baton Rouge. So almost always I, I would pick LSU to win a home night game, but not so fast, my friend. Uh, I, I think the Bulldogs go in and win a tight game uh, and cover the the two and a half. Will Rogers, quarterback, is playing really well. If he stays healthy, I think this is a state team that can really do surprise some people in the SEC. I really do. And Zach Arnett, defensive coordinator, he's got the the Bulldogs playing good on that side of the ball. And as we know, LSU is in uh, a, a difficult spot right now. They 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 are are struggling. They I don't know what they were able to get smoothed out against a game against. FCS Southern uh, last weekend, but we saw against Florida State that that they really struggle. Um, they'll have to lean on the crowd, and it won't shock me if they win. But I'm, I'm going to say the dogs pull it out. Yeah, I, I'm I'm going with you. I'm going with Mississippi State there. Uh, you know, Leach has gotten it put together. I think now, kind of the way he wants it. Will Rogers, very potent quarterback. They've got plenty of guys to throw to. They're good on defense. Good enough, certainly against an LSU offense that. I don't love, I do, I agree that I just think LSU is still in flux and still trying to figure itself out. And so I'm going with the the program that, that knows what it is and what it wants to be right now. Give me the dogs to win and cover. Yeah, my gut is telling me that Brian Kelly is going to have this team ready to play and go out there and, and get a gritty win versus Mississippi State. But my gut has also got me at four and eight in the standings. So I'm going to go with Mississippi State uh, to cover here. Against the old gut. Yeah, if I have to. I, I appreciate the honest uh, <laughs> rebuking of your own gut. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're now, yeah. This is like, uh, I don't know if any of you guys play golf, but this is like when you play golf this time of year, you start like, you know, you have a fix to, to all of a sudden you start slicing a little bit, you know, fading a little bit. All right, so you got a fix to that, and then that starts hooking. Mm-hmm. And you fix that, the fix to the fix, and then a fix to the third fix. And you're, you're by the end of the season, you're just, you're just all, you're a total mess. Need to reset, yeah. so I think that's where Sean already is after two weeks. He's talking himself <laughs> fixing out. Fixing the fix, there fix we go. the fix. The fix of the fix is causing problems. I need to fix the fix. The fix. I think Vegas is trying to draw us in with the wait, wait. LSU home dog. I'm not now. Nah, I'm not falling for it. Will Rogers, Mississippi State. I really liked their win at Arizona. I just you know, it's, is Arizona great? No, but is that going to be the same environment as LSU? No, but they went on the road and beat a Power Five team, so. Uh, I'll take it. I'll take Mississippi State. All right. The uh, late game, right? Uh, number 13, uh, Miami. I'm sorry. 13, Miami Hurricanes at number 24, Texas A&M. Why is Texas A&M ranked? No idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Haven't done crap. Exactly. Why are you ranked? Okay. Texas A&M is a five and a half point home dog. We will see how many insults the Midnight Yell does on the Miami program. There's plenty of material there. <laughs> we'll take all Midnight Yell videos, by the way, if anyone wants to send yes, them in. Yes, we will. 
We'll yes, take the we worst will. parts of Midnight Yell every week. Uh, Ra, uh, Pat, I think you're up first on this one. Aggies or Canes? Uh, um, I'm going to take... <laughs> I'm gonna take the the I'm gonna take the illegitimately ranked Aggies, just because. Look, I don't I I'm not I'm not impressed by them. I think they're probably an eight and four team in the making again. But we've seen Miami in this spot several times in recent years. Maybe Mario Cristobal has changed the dynamic quickly. But you know, like when Michigan State went down to South Florida last year and just punked them in the fourth quarter. When Miami, I think, was undefeated and went to Clemson and just got trucked two years ago. So I am I am not believing in Miami until they've actually done it. I will take AM to cover the number there. Man, these are some uh these are some hard games this week to pick. I, I don't know why specifically, but like every one of them feels like does feel like a toss-up. Uh five and a half seems like a huge number. Uh if it I feel like if it was just one or two or something like that, which I feel like it should be. Uh, I would maybe pick a and them to cover, but uh, gosh, five and a half seems big. And so I'm going to pick the Hurricanes to go in there, Mario Cristobal to cover. They did not look great last week against Southern Miss, um, but of course, Texas A&M looked worse against App State. Uh, this just, just feels like a really tight, good game. I've been kind of waiting for this game all offseason. It's the NIL Bowl, right? Two of the biggest uh, <laughs> NIL um most aggressive NIL programs, let's say. Uh, one has a single booster doing it. The other has multiple boosters doing it who are all involved probably in gas and oil. Um, so it's it's uh, the NIL bowl. Let's let's give it to the Hurricanes to, to um, either lose close or eke out a win. I think I'm going with uh, Miami here. Texas A&M seems to have a lot of distractions happening this week with the midnight yell, and then you have to take that down on a video surfacing of one of their five-star guys speeding through a parking garage and that's going on there. So you're having team meetings about things that aren't indicative of the game or, or the game plan or Miami of meetings about what's going on in your own program. Whereas I'm not hearing that out of Miami this week. Maybe it just hasn't hit my, my page on the national landscape, but I don't think Miami seems to be as distracted as Texas A&M. So I'm taking Miami to cover. There was speeding in a, in a, in a parking garage. <laughs> yeah. People were not happy. I uh, know that's dangerous. <laughs> by the way, <laughs> It is. Don't do that. But no, <laughs> it's a new one of all the scandals in NCAA history. I'd never heard of the speeding I mean, in a parking garage one. Yeah, there's a lot of places to speed. The problem with garage. giving players Porsches and Lamborghinis. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, like there's a downside the, to NIL. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, here's a give an 18 year old a Lamborghini. Guess what's going to happen? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, ain't going if it doesn't limit. get towed, it gets speeded. Yeah, it gets speeded. All right, this is the fentanyl game. Don't touch it. <laughs> we know nothing about anybody here. Right. Yeah. I am going to take the Aggies. I am going to count mm. on pride. Mm -hmm. Talent, home crowd, season backed up to the brink, and some pride out of the Aggies. Dangerous. Yep. Play as hard as this as they insult at the midnight yell. Stand tall and proud as your fake army. <laughs> Go as fast as your speeding Lamborghinis in a parking garage. I didn't know they had parking garages in College Station. Uh, I'm going to take the Aggies. I'm terrified of this game, though. Don't bet it. Don't take my recommendation. The parking garages are the tallest structures in College Station. No, it's a stadium. 
that stadium. Kyle well, Field yeah, is tall right. as hell. Okay. No, they got like a tower. They have like a big tower in the middle of campus. Mm, okay. There's like some kind They're, of one of those tower tower. You know, it's probably yeah. some <laughs> sacred place. Yeah. yeah, they get you propose to your girlfriend there. It's yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. Searching for NBA playoff coverage? We've got you. The Old Man and the Three, presented by BMW, gives you an inside look into the world of sports. Hosted by former NBA sharpshooter and Duke legend J.J. Redick and sports writer Tommy Alter, The Old Man and the Three offers unprecedented access to the league. Tommy and J.J. discuss the NBA and interview some of the biggest names in the league, like Devin Booker and Luka Doncic. NBA final season is the perfect time to dive in, and you can listen to The Old Man and the Three wherever you get your podcasts. To hear episodes brought to you by BMW. Push the limits this NBA season with the brand that set the ultimate standard. BMW, the ultimate driving machine. All right. Um, uh, lock of the week. <laughs> We're no better at these than anything else. Hey, uh, I think Pat, I'm 1 0 and 1. I'm 1 0 and 1 with one lock. Oh, all right. All right. Crowing about the 1 0 and 1. That should tell you <laughs> the situation that we're all in. Lord. That tells you how bad it is. Yes, yes it does. <laughs> all right. My lock of the week. I'm going with the team that got me the win last week. Is my lock of the week. USC, hot team, playing extremely well offensively, better than maybe anticipated defensively. Giving 12 to Fresno. Fresno's a good team. Jake Hayner's a good quarterback, but coaching turnover there, maybe they're not quite as in sync as they had hoped to be early in the season. They lost to Oregon State last week on the last play of the game, but Oregon State's not as good as USC. USC's much better going into the Coliseum. I think you're going to start seeing some buzz building about the Trojans. Coliseum's going to become alive, and USC's going to cover the 12 points against the Bulldogs. Uh, I'm going to go, uh, I'm going to stay in LA, uh, Pat, and uh, go with South Alabama to cover the 13 and a half at UCLA. Bruins haven't looked great. South Alabama under uh, under new coach Kane Womack looked pretty good. He, uh, they've, they've been, you know, they haven't played the stiffest competition, but uh, I just, I, I don't have faith right now in, uh, in the Bruins. And uh, despite it being a home game, I'm going to say South Alabama is going to go cross country and give them a tight game. Certainly at least enough to, uh, to cover 13 and a half. Sunbelt mania. There you baby. go. There you go. Keep yeah. it going. Keep it going. Mm-hmm. Sunbelt Saturday. Now I'll, uh, I'll go on record and say, I think James Madison is the best uh, football team in the state of Virginia, but they're not going to be my lock of the week. My lock of the week will be the second best team in the state of Virginia. And that is ODU covering mm. eight, eight and a half versus UVA. They are underdogs. Mm. I think UVA has looked really sloppy. ODU had an awesome upset over Virginia tech earlier in the season. So I'm taking the Monarchs here to cover that eight and a half. Wow. That, that, you some serious disrespect to Virginia and Virginia Tech in those words there, <laughs> but I don't blame you. That's more Sunbelt power right there. All right. The one that interests me most, but I'm not going to pick, is Washington unranked a, I believe, three-and-a-half-point favorite over ranked Michigan State. Mm. Now, traditionally, now Michigan State is 11th. Washington is unranked. I believe the historic numbers overwhelmingly favor the unranked home favorite against a ranked opponent has a a tremendous record of hitting because Vegas is sitting there saying, we don't trust Michigan state right here. Right. We don't care about your AP votes. 
we're going. My problem with this, I just don't know what Wash if at Washington is any good. I don't know anything about either of these two teams, so I'm not going to touch that game. But if you're looking for a, a, a betting trick, you can research that game. I am going to instead double down, no fear. That's what they call me, no fear, fearless. <laughs> I think that's everyone admits that's me. when they think of me, fe- uh-huh. people are saying, people are saying. <laughs> Many people are saying, yes. Last week, I got burned 50.5. I'm taking Alabama given 49 and a half <laughs> Ooh, oh my God. against Louisiana Monroe. No fear. And I'm going to tell you why. I, I know why. Alabama is not taking this lightly. No. Okay, first off, uh, last week's performance was not good enough. Practice must have been hell on earth this week with Nick Saban. You are going to have to come out and prove yourself or you're going to get benched. Like this is yep. this this last week, not acceptable. This was a great result for Alabama last week. He's got their attention and they won. They didn't have to need a loss. Two, Louisiana Monroe beat Nick Saban like 16 years ago or something, 15 years ago mm-hmm. when he first started at Alabama. And Nick Saban has not forgotten. <laughs> he literally mentioned it. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, he's. <laughs> this is petty, close to the 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 Tom Brady still complaining that he was a sixth round pick. Like nobody respects him. Mm-hmm. So he's Jeff. Then someone asked about quality of opponent in a press conference this week, and Saban went off for ninety seconds. <laughs> Louisiana Monroe, not as good of an opponent. Who who is asking these types of questions? Not smart. That's your opinion on quality opponent Saban said. It's not mine. I need that Joey guy to do the, you know. I respect all the people that we play. I respect winning and what you have to do to win. Every player should not be focused on who they are playing against relative to the motivation, but every player should want to be the best player they can be. Why would it matter whether we're playing Texas or somebody else? That's how you get good. That's how you develop the right set. That's how you're consistent. He went on and on. You let the opponent determine how you play. You let the score determine how you play. You let uh, for he. They're going to kill him. Yeah, <laughs> they're going to kill him. So I'm taking Bama, forty nine and a half. No fear. <laughs> Michigan let me down with a late defensive hold. Not the tide. I'm telling you, people. If you want some entertainment, I don't know what time that game is. is that like a noon game, eleven o'clock. Okay. I mean, if it's forty nine nothing late. Tune in and keep Dan Wetzel in your thoughts and prayers. Oh, no. It'll be 49-0 early in the third quarter. It's whether you get that late touchdown against the deep reserves. But these deep reserves, nah. We're going to do this. We're going to do this. No fear. (laughs) We'll see. Hey, real quick, on the Michigan State-Washington game, Something to watch. Game within the game. As We talked about this on Big Ten Network. Jacoby Windman looks like the new transfer portal Yes. Bomb for Michigan State. They had Kenneth Walker the third last year. Jacoby Winman, they get a rush end from uh from UNLV. UNLV. He's got five and a half sacks and four forced fumbles in two games. He's killing people. But you're going up against a Washington offensive line that goes six seven, six, six on one side, six seven, six, six on the other side. Huge long guys. I just I'm gonna be interested just to watch that matchup. The Washington size against Jacoby Winman's explosiveness coming off the edge. Uh, as mentioned, we have a backlog of people's courts to go through here. Here's a big clear, one, though. Yeah, clear the docket. 
The Honorable Judge Wenzel, Judge Forty, and Judge Dellinger presiding. This is the People's Court. Here's a big one. Last week at the Utah football game, Rice Eccles Stadium. Who the hell did Utah play last week? I can't remember. Southern Utah. Two female fans. Here's the New York Post. Two females, first time the New York Post has ever written about Utah football. (laughs) (laughs) This isn't Daily Mail. It's not the Daily Mail. No, they're busy. I have a Daily Mail, thankfully. They've been, they've been, this whole queen thing. Good God. The whole queen thing. I don't care about the queen. I want real news. Right. They're distracted from the news. A little distracted in London right now. They got a thing going on. Two female fans are at center of a school police probe. Uh, pro, probably not the right word here. After the pair showed up at a University of Utah football game topless <laughs> with only body paint covering uh, their their chests. The unnamed women were among thousands of fans crammed into Rice-Eccles Stadium. They covered up after a female officer asked them to put on a shirt, according to a university spokesman. Uh, but the spokesman said university police are in- investigating and uh, charges against the duo have not been ruled out. So now we have seen male fans, of course, go topless, paint their bodies and all of this. These two female fans are wearing, they, uh, There's it's a little blurred out. I'm not watching anything inappropriate here. Uh, this is in the New York Post. They have big, the, the U, and uh, I guess you can figure out how you'd paint a U on somebody. So it's kind of covering it up. We had uh, the Post found some uh, disgruntled Utah fans. Malia Johnson. Is this literally what our world is coming to? We can't even go to a family-friendly college football game without our kids and family being exposed to nudity. I don't know if Malia had a son, but we'd love to hear a pin on him. Uh, Another one said, uh, we love going to Utah football games, but this should not have happened. University president, there was a statement from the school. Uh, going again, anyone who engages in unsafe or inappropriate conduct will be removed from the premises. Uh, all right, so you get you get the gist. Should female fans be allowed to go topless as long as they paint, showing school spirit? <laughs> Justice forty. Uh, first of all, not surprising that this is not a story coming from BYU in that state. It's coming from Utah. Uh, if it was at BYU, holy cow, they would have just like burned down the entire stadium on the spot. Hey, look, I, I, I may sound like an old fuddy-duddy here, but I kind of feel like the female should wear a shirt to the football game, okay? You know, like you, in terms of, yes, you're bringing your family or whatever to the stadium. It's not really what you expect to see there. If you're going to, a, if you take your family to a nude beach, you expect to see stuff like that, not at a football stadium. So... I, I hope they do not charge them with a crime. If they told them to put on their shirts and they put on their shirts, I'm okay with that. But otherwise, I'm going to say, eh, maybe not the body paint for the women. Okay, Dad. If men can, <laughs> if men can do it, women can do it, huh? Right, right? Uh, wow. Dan, mm-hmm. you know, paint mm-hmm. your chest. Everybody paint your chest. Uh, I'm, uh, I'm all for it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, 
It's the 50th <laughs> anniversary of Title IX, Pat. <laughs> <laughs> Women's rights, Pat. If we Equal can do opportunity, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah uh, okay. It seems like a patriarchal rule to me. <laughs> okay. I, I, you know, like goes to, you have to like modesty so you can get a, you know, a better dowry for your daughter or something. I don't know. Where did this thing yeah, emerge? Oh, yeah, what? please. Oh, my God. I'm, I'm you're, on the side of equal, equal deal. You go for it. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, is it that bad? Just look away. Have you seen some of the guys that go without paint? Yeah, shirt paint? right. I mean, correct. Pictures? Correct. That's, that's way more offensive than the women. The, gu- the guys with the hair and the, you know, everything else. Oh, uh, it's yeah, only they got on. eight packs and stuff. Yeah, yeah sure. Yeah. There's a, a bunch of a like keg. Olympic swimmers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's right. <laughs> it's a keg, not a, not a six pack or eight pack. Yeah. So. <laughs> Equal rights. Equal rights. Pat is, is, is behind the times. Dad. All right, we have more. Found this one. This did get sent to us, but I also saw it in a little recommended for you section of the New York Post. I wonder why. (laughs) (laughs) It's never real high-end stuff for me. I don't know. A uh, nursing home uh, apologized, quote, we are very sorry, after they brought in some entertainment for the, uh, for the, the uh, patrons of the nursing home, many of whom are war veterans. And uh, it turned out the, uh, the entertainment were uh, exotic dancers. <laughs> Jesus. At a nursing home. What in the you? nursing home. Uh, this <laughs> took place in Vietnam. There's a lot of veterans uh, there, and they brought in, uh, they brought in a, uh, it's, it's apparently for the moon festival or something, uh, in an effort to lift resident spirits, they arranged for a, the strippers to perform a show. Uh, the, the, after <laughs> some outraged people, after uh, the outraged, the story, uh, unbelievable. The, this the photos are unbelievable. absolutely, the, well, the headline, the quote <laughs> in the headline, we are very sorry. <laughs> <laughs> First off, uh, okay, the picture, they're, they're clothed, <laughs> not the Utah fans. These guys are in wheelchairs getting, like, lap dances, I guess. It seems that the, the, the patrons are not upset at all. No, they're all lined no, up. No. They're clapping. It looks um, oh unbelievable. Oh, God. Uh, the nursing home has apologized. Uh, they did note that uh, the uh, dancer was, quote, too enthusiastic and fiery. And there would be, quote, more caution when planning such events. God, these photos. Oh, Oh my God. This old old man is just grabbing a hold of you know what. And he's got it. And he it's like somebody has got glue on the palm. Where is that? Oh, I see that one. Yeah, that's not. That's not. Yes, that's not he, right. he has got it. And the cut line is, yeah, incredible. Wow, what a story. That guy is not apologizing. No. No, uh, he had a good old time. That guy is not the Mooncake Festival. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's mooncakes there. There's some mooncakes Unbelievable. there. All right. Uh, Ross, should the uh, nursing home in Vietnam had apologized for this? Should they have had to? Well, I mean, I, I from what I'm, I'm looking at the photos, and all I see is is men in wheelchairs. This is a men, is this a men only a uh, male only. I believe it's a veteran's home. Oh, it's a veteran's oh, home. Oh, it's a oh, state-run oh. facility for retired uh, army personnel. Ah, uh, uh, okay. 
So I, I don't know if they have female soldiers in Vietnam. I I'm, I'm really down being, on my Vietnam uh, army. I'm really, a, I guess, a progressive uh, judge here because I'm going to go with, sure, fine. Looks like everybody's having a good time in the photos, you know. There's even a woman in the back of the photos. She's got an iPad out, and she's filming this old man clutching <laughs> this woman. I mean, obviously, even the women there are having a great time filming it. So, sure, yeah. what, what – uh, let it go, you know, man. Um, I don't mean to be uh, be the guy that's voting for just, you know, women going around nude and dancing, but it, it seems like that's what I'm doing today. I uh, didn't expect that to, to happen today, but here we are. So, <laughs> Ross Dellinger, yeah. pro nudity. There you go. It's a, it's a dicey, it's a dicey one. Yeah, we're trying to improve <laughs> our ratings. We're going straight. <laughs> Thanks, Dan. Now, I'm with you on this one. I, I, this may seem somewhat inconsistent, but no, it's not. It is not, in, <laughs> is not inconsistent for me here. Uh, first of all, like, if you don't want to be there, you wheel your wheelchair down the, you know, back to your room. So it's fine. And yes, I agree. It looks like everybody there is, is having a good time. Uh, as long as the, the entertainers were paid and uh, entertaining of their own volition. Go get them. So my uh, my wife can obviously hear the discussion right now. She can she can hear mm-hmm. bits and pieces of it. And uh, mm. during the yeah <laughs> during this discussion, she uh, she just texted me in the side eye emoji. Uh, so yeah, that, I'm gonna have to do. I have a lot of explaining to do. Ross was in trouble just for participating in the college football <laughs> podcast. <laughs> yeah. I. First off, I don't know that we have forum here. I don't know if this is the jurist. I mean, why are they going to listen to us? Uh, I'd like to see the patrons get a little less handsy. <laughs> but hey, it's the Mooncake Festival. You don't know what's going to go down. Anything's no. possible. Yeah, that's fine. What the heck? I wouldn't apologize. I would just, you know. I mean, hey, they're definitely happy. They're definitely a happy crew. Uh, all right, last one, I promise. Uh, and this is from the Daily Mail. They came through for me on one. Um, And this is really about cheating in competition, which college football knows all about. Uh, But we have not seen this one. For all the scandals that have rocked the world of elite chess in recent years, I am unaware of them. uh, Rumors that a 19-year-old grandmaster used anal beads and artificial intelligence to beat the world's top player might be the most bizarre. I would say so. Man. When the Daily Mail is calling you bizarre, speculation has grown that San Francisco-born Hans Niemann, a relative newcomer to the sport, inserted uh, wireless vibrating uh, beads into his body before his victorious match against world number one grandmaster Magnus Carlsen last week. Chess fans have speculated that an accomplice watching the match uh, on a side, used a chess program like artificial intelligence to determine the perfect move and then set an encoded instructions via the vibrations. <laughs> Neiman has denied it, but critics note that his ELO rating has shot up uh, like, uh, you know, imp- impossibly in the, since in the last like year and a half. He previously admitted cheating during an online game when he was 12. Hmm. Uh, his friend would bring up a uh, chess engine. On, uh, all, it goes on. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know the competitive chess. I wrote a movie about chess once, but I don't know this level. There was none of this in it. Would have been a much bigger hit. Oh, yeah. yeah it would have been a much bigger <laughs> yeah. hit if I had thought of this. That's right. But I did not. Um, 
<laughs> I don't know the question. <laughs> you really picked some good ones today, Dan. Does you anything really go? Is this allowed? Today. Could this ever get to college football? What the hell is this? Isn't that important to win a chess match? Also, isn't chess supposed to be this this classic gentlemanly game? I mean, no, this is cheating, man. Oh, this yeah. guy no, not allowed no, ever it's a again. Psychopath game. It's just no, yeah. not allowed, not allowed anymore. It's a psychopath game. I, I will say, like, I'm. I, I guess I'm happy that it's wireless as opposed to wired <laughs> anal beads. You know, I mean, like, I, I don't want to know how that might work otherwise. <laughs> so, yeah, no, you can't do that. Come on. You cannot send signals through the booty uh, about where to move the chest faces. Booty signals. Yeah. And this guy's rating going. It's like, you know, the guy that hits six home runs one year and 40 the next year. Okay. We know what's going on there. We, this, this is, this is performance enhancing uh, apparatus. So throw the book at him. Life sentence. Ban him from chess, Mm -hmm. whatever you need to do. No, yeah, I agree. You, Absolutely. You this is cheating. Okay. Uh, this is cheating, man. Uh, no, uh, I, no. But but the amount of time it would take to learn the Morris code moves. <laughs> of a, and how would you know? Like, it would seem like you might get it wrong. And then all of a sudden, you just, well, like, move your queen out to the middle and, like, bang, you're dead. Yeah, I mean, if it's, like, yeah, rook to queen five or what i don't i I clearly don't know chess but yeah i mean like what if you get the signal wrong and you move him to queen four and all of a sudden you lose very complicated yeah the movie we wrote we had to have chess experts come in and clean up all of our chess moves (laughs) so that the people didn't rip us for being you know preposterous chess moves (laughs) neiman denies it if they want me to strip fully naked, I will do it. No, just go to Utah if you want to do that. I don't care because I know I am clean. I mean, we're, we're taking – they kind of do that in boxing sometimes. So not, not that part, yeah. though. No. I mean, think about, like, who – what if he didn't do it? Like, somebody just dreamed this up is the scenario. <laughs> like, if the guy's innocent, Seems far said, nah, I think he's got something up his rear end that's telling him what to do. How would I mean, you know – I guess – like. Actually, you could probably do. I mean, there's only so many letters. You could do like, bing, like, I don't know. <laughs> hey, I got a plan. I mean, a friend would be totally grossed out by this. Who's the <laughs> other guy? So yeah, many questions. Right. So if you think college football is a dirty business, man, competitive chess. Clearly. All right. Uh, this pod clearly needs to end. Off the rails. Enjoy the games this weekend. Keep sharing us on social media and uh, tell your friends about us and get subscribed because where else are you getting this? That's right. In addition to our improving handicapping of the games, we're getting better. We'll see. Let's roll tide. Uh, we will talk to you back uh, probably late Sunday, Monday, whatever. We will overreact to everything we see this weekend. Talk to you later. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers, but you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. AutoTrader.